Casey. Michelle. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get into it. singing i there's nothing like coming to oh that's i was just like jamming wanting... out okay i was like oh maybe something's coming there i'll let an extra bridge go by oh yeah i was like this is a long intro i'm just gonna keep dancing no yeah nothing's really in my brain that's all right it's sunday yeah i gotta work on my um mc lyrics you're, <laughs> a, so free, you're a freestyle <laughs> Yeah, let's be real. I'm a I'm a weird folk singer from the sixties. I can't <laughs> You also have been educating yourself on the British monarchy for the last you know, well besides the last thirty four years, but like a real deep dive within the last like twelve hours. Yeah, well I really effed up my pattern yesterday by taking two significant naps and then consuming a lot of coffee that I had bought at Starbucks because they introduced some new like shaken espresso drinks. So I I bought into them yesterday, and then I enjoyed them, like, after I woke up from my naps. So, Casey did not go to bed until, like, 3 a.m. And then that was really, like, 4 a.m. because of daylight savings. No, it was, re- it was 3, because oh, then I looked okay. at the computer, and I was like, oh, why is it already, like, 2.30 in the morning? I need to You're go like, to bed. Like, where's all this time that I have nothing to do anyway? Go yeah, away. because I was, like, watching the Oprah interview in bed, which is, like, not usually like a go-to in bed scenario it's usually one of the marvel movies that i've seen for the 14th time just like to fall asleep to or like parks and rec but wow okay yeah yeah i really got straight into it because clearly it's been the topic of everyone's mind for the whole week i like had dreams about it yeah so basically we weren't really sure about covering it and like what if we really cared that much and like what the deal was and we were definitely on it it was on our radars to watch the Oprah interview, but we weren't prioritizing it. Yeah. So what I ended up doing was, um, oh yeah. So they were like, it's on the app, but then it, for some reason I couldn't find my Apple app. So I wanted to like watch TV. I'm, I mean, this is all the logistics. This is why we got from A to B on this one. So I couldn't find it for some reason on the CBS app on my Apple TV. And, but what I could find was a documentary on Hulu that was, um, about Charles and Diana's trip, their tour to Australia, uh, like shortly after they had gotten married and had William, they went to Australia for, I think like six weeks. The timeline was very, they, they were really into showing the timeline on the screen. And I was getting very confused because they were bouncing back and around during the court trip with Charles and Diana. Okay. And the crown from everything that I can see, The Crown does a great job covering, you know, what everything they could off of the actual material that they had. And they full on 100% verbatim copied multiple speeches. And it just is like a testament to The Crown as to how strong those performances are because they sound, those actors sound so much like the actual people. And it's so jarring to really be like, oh, wow, that he josh o'connor like really is prince charles and emma corrin really is diana um so during that in the movie in the in the documentary and the show they talk about how this was like both a positive and a negative point for their relationship like there was definitely a turning point where they're showing love and they had this like beautiful night out where they're dancing and being very charming with each other and actually seeming to really bond with each other and support each other but it also touches a lot upon how Charles became incredibly jealous of how popular Diana was everywhere they went it became like Diana mania and like there were hundreds of people were just like lining the streets and you couldn't move and there were some safety issues with like kids running up to them and like them not being able to like get the police officers to like allow them to move forward and stuff like this yeah, she was the people's princess. Yeah, and 
and it's fascinating because it, it's interesting to see how she got there because everybody's talking about her charisma and her charm but like she really is just this 19 year old that gets engaged to a prince after like not knowing him for a significant amount of time like maybe six months or so that was their courtship and then marrying him when she's like 20 and then having William when she's I think like 21 22 and now he's the future king and Charles is very much bred into him to be the future king and so he's used to all the attention right it's about how his ego really just did not allow for her for like them to be able to have an actual relationship and what does he even know about what a relationship is supposed to be even though the queen and philip were very much a love story like the queen was obsessed with philip not obsessed with him but like was like that's my guy there was love yeah Yeah, she was like he was 19 and she was 13 when they first met and she like already had a crush on him and then when it was arranged she was like hell yeah like i am down for this right i wanted this anyway yeah so there were definitely like so that compared to most royal relationships or marriages prior to like this past generation it was interesting that the queen and philip like actually did have like a base attraction or interest in each other like sexually if you can even imagine that that's possible um and and so it that was so that was very interesting too to see so that lays the groundwork because then what you see I watched then another little documentary on the Smithsonian channel that was like an hour long about uh, Harry and Meghan's relationship from when they met until the end. And this is interesting that has to go with what we'll also be talking about after this with Pierce Morgan is that apparently and um, like two nights before Meghan ends up meeting Harry at the Soho house she meets with Pierce and kind of pitches herself to him of like, I would love to come on your show. I have this great American television show. That's not like coming over here and airing and I'm going to start doing press over here. And I would love for us to have like a friendly relationship and be able to come on your show and talk about suits and my humanitarian efforts. And, and then Pierce quote unquote, like never saw her again. And that's probably why he's being a little bitch about that. Well, actually, not to get ahead of it, but I did see the clip. There's actually an interview where he explains why he doesn't like Megan. Okay. So we'll get, okay. I'd love to hear that part from you too. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, so we'll get to that. Cause yeah. it's actually, it's even more insane than two days. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So then, uh, <laughs> so that's Megan and Harry that they go into that timeline. Um, and they essentially were together, I think for about 10 months before the press even got ahead, like in, into it. And then they got engaged about 14 months into their relationship, 14 or 16 months into the relationship okay. and then married pretty much like two years after meeting each other. Okay. That's like somewhat normal. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this timeline is definitely more significant than, and it was because they were able to stay under their radar for Hide such a significant so amount of time. Yeah. And then he like debuted her quote unquote, or they premiered as a couple at like his Invictus games in Toronto. And I, I totally missed that. I don't know. I remember her going to Wimbledon with Kate to cheer on Serena. And I do remember her coming out with Harry in the quote unquote boyfriend shirt or the husband shirt, the white button up and everybody was like, Oh, they're clearly going to get engaged. And if she's already wearing a shirt, that's yeah <laughs> named a husband shirt, which is like so insane. But apparently like, yeah, essentially that yeah. is what was happening. Um, and, uh, and he, like once he made the decision, like he was gone, like he completely fell in love with her within like three months time. And I, going off of body language and everything it is you know she's not using him like he's very easy to fall in love with and like yeah he's a sweet emotional boy I've, as we've learned from day one of him being alive on this planet yeah and then it has a lot to do so then it has so much to do with diana and he was 12 when diana passed and the all the na- the world fell in love with him when he had to fucking walk behind her fucking coffin and do like the whole television media he's a 12 year old boy and his mom's just died in a car accident so then that was caused by the freaking media media which potentially rumor is was from the royal family 
Yeah. The well, yeah, the the um conspiracy theory is that they like basically put a hit on her, but yeah. what's factual and not a conspiracy is that they did nothing to help protect this woman. Right. And she is, regardless of the divorce, which is what they use to say, like, well, we don't have, like, we can't really protect you anymore if you're going to leave this family, uh, is that she is still the mother of the future king. Right. So it, it, it would, like, it all intensive purposes seems like her death was completely preventable. And, and then that whole uh information session on diana and charles and then megan and harry's relationship then i go into oprah's interview and it what there is a level of inauthenticity that i get from megan there's a level of politics or like she's withholding in the interview by not naming names but she's making very very big um not arguments allegation yeah yeah yeah, yeah, she's she's insinuating a lot yes and then oprah's really doing a great job of trying to understand a to b and who's involved in this and what that means and because megan refers to everybody like she refers to and and so do the tabloids as the royal family as either the firm or the institution right the firm is a big one yeah yeah and what I'm not understanding and or what I can kind of get from it is like the firm is both actual people in the royal family. We're actually talking the queen. We're actually talking Philip. We're talking Charles. We're talking people who have worked in this family and have titles and understand this like the past generations need for duty and service or like how the royals should be behaving a certain way. And then... Uh, like it is she but then I can I understand that there's also then maybe like a administrative part to the firm that is actually running the show and shows how little power the royals themselves actually have yeah they have no power they're just like an institution that they don't make any law. I mean, we learned about this obviously yeah. when you when you learn about, um, you know, European history specifically, obviously, England, Great Britain. But like, they're just an institution that a the people that live in the UK give money to, yeah, and that everyone else comes to visit because it's such a tourist attraction and it brings to, in such to go to the Buckingham Palace, yeah. To see the, to see the changing of the guards, to go to, you know, all that. It is cool. But you start to stop saying it's cool when you start hearing what's happening within the family and allegations like, you know, what she's, what um, Megan was yeah. saying. And all, not only Megan, because also wasn't Harry kind of saying like what yeah so the so oprah's really like because i didn't watch it yeah i'll I'll explain why in a second yeah yeah i would but i would also recommend for you just be able to like come to your own conclusions and like see like oh okay because the information that ends up being revealed yeah so when she's talking megan's talking about the institution oprah's trying to understand like are you talking about the queen herself or charles or other people and it's like from what megan can say is like the queen has been nothing but like open and helpful to a certain extent, but then started to ignore their cries for plea. And Charles started to ignore their cries for plea because basically became once Megan wasn't on board with the way her life was being directed, the whole family like turned their back against her. And the way her life was being directed, meaning being told where to go at all times. And where not to go. And then going to the institution, quote unquote. And Oprah is still trying to understand. She's like, are you going to a single person? Or are you going going to what? And Megan's like, I'm going to a few different senior level people. And I'm pleading with them that I am having serious depression issues. That the press is turning against me and writing all these nasty, terrible articles. And then I was like, well, here's where Megan's losing me because in my mind, I was like, 
the royal family never like makes comments anyway but what megan and harry were saying during the interview with oprah was actually i i was wrong i did not i apparently the family and the institution with their giant pr machine does comment and tell the press they're wrong on like 98% of the stories and they do get in really and they do get in front of really frivolous lies to protect Kate to protect Andrew right well exactly because I was gonna say I mean there are definitely times where they come out and respond to the press yes and so Megan is that what ends up happening is that the press is like dragging Megan and and Oprah brings up multiple incidences where it's the exact same story is being written about Megan and Kate and the verbiage that they use around Kate is everything she's doing everything correctly she can right. do no wrong this is amazing and Megan is vile Megan is toxic Megan is you know, all, and then all the descriptions and describing Megan as an exotic woman, as well, and that became a big conversation at work because obviously we're on communications. We have some Americans, we have some people from the UK or part of the what is it called Commonwealth? Yeah. And one person on our team was referencing that like if you do look at a lot of the media in the UK it is very like racism exists everywhere but even when you look at this the way that they write about the soccer players that are black in the UK it is very different than the way they talk about the white um athletes yeah and so that is where we where my coworker was saying to me that doesn't like i know people are saying she's playing the race card but it just that part doesn't surprise me at all and not to justify because it's terrible no and she definitely other like racism exists outside of the u.s it's just oh yeah they they don't have guns so they are not killing their black people they're destroying them in their media well this is a family (laughs) who has participated in the colonization yeah Yeah. of like of africa of our country of australia of canada like you know in every instance part of their it's part of how they became who they are and to become an empire you need a free labor system and they created it and they cultivated it and they exploited it and it's the same and they want to if they want to pretend that it's it obviously is different culturally compared to what occurred with us in a civil war but they try to skirt around like well we didn't have a civil war so racism doesn't exist for us we ended slavery yeah and they also have a much smaller country and their percentage of black people is much smaller they have three percent I actually looked into this this week because I was very curious. They have only 3% of quote unquote black or people of color. They define it differently in the, in the UK, whereas we have 13. So that's a much bigger number. Yeah. And what is Brexit all about at the end of the day? It is preventing, they, it ended up being a political platform of, are you okay with immigrants or not? Yeah. It's basically a nationalization plan. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's very much there. The thing, the reason why I've been hesitant to watch it is because where where I do agree with that, and I know there was the comment about someone in the firm being concerned about the, the skin of the baby, of Archie. I believe that. But then there are things that she says that I don't believe, like, oh, I didn't even know who Harry was. Like, okay, the whole freaking world knows who Harry is. No, it wasn't. um, hmm. People were like, so that's where it's like, I don't know. It wasn't the I don't know know Harry. What she does say, and this annoyed the shit out of me too in the beginning. Yeah. Where she she goes, "I, I was being very naive. And the royal family was not on my radar at all growing up in California and all this stuff. But she talks about how when she went to go meet like it would just so happen that the queen was going it was ending up like a sunday service near where andrew and fergie live and was like basically quote unquote swinging by essentially right 
and Megan and Harry were on their way there and Megan's like you're gonna meet I mean Harry's like you're gonna meet my grandmother and Megan's like great like I love grandmas this is awesome so like that to me I was like okay okay girl whatever and then and then well and also because there's that famous photo of her that I love that's her like in elementary school or middle school outside of Buckingham Palace with her friend yeah and it's like that was a school trip though yeah but like so you can't say you don't know. No, but hold on, hold on, dude. Wait, hold on, hold on. You enter. This is what she. This is a thing that you. This is what you're gonna get annoyed by. Um, okay, I'm already annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> is that then she goes? She go. They're like, you know how to curtsy, and she's like, no. And they're like, she's like, but you know, it's your grandmother. Like what? Like that's an outside. That that's a formal thing. And they're like, no, you have to curtsy to meet the queen. And she was like, in my naivety. I didn't expect that, like, the formality to still stand. Okay. And that's she's, where she loses. She's it. our age. She saw Princess Bride or <laughs> Princess Diaries. Like, let's be freaking real. You know to curtsy to the Queen of England. I don't, you could be from another freaking planet and you would see that and you would know to do that. So in her head, she's thinking that you don't do that when you're just in each other's homes and that's all. Oh, you're for- just- the queen is just hanging out in her pajamas yeah. watching TV with Fritos in her pants. Like, yeah. come on. It's like, you need to have a concept of how this woman was educated and raised because, like, she doesn't have... There's only one person that has a life like the queen, and that's the queen. Like, nobody else has a similar right. style at all I mean, whatsoever. that's why she's called the queen, and we all know we're talking about the queen of England. Like, and we're not even... And the- the queen does her best to kind of understand how the world operates but like she has no actual understanding of what what's going on you know how yeah work. when has the queen any ever been anywhere without staff with the common folk nowhere she like exactly. she's not allowed to so that's the other thing is you're expecting stuff from a group of people who have never touched the same floor as the common but this is i can but and now that we're talking about this i can see where megan is under because if you're dealing with harry harry is his mother's child right he wanted as much normalcy as he could get for himself and be independent and be able to be an actual human being that's a part of this world and he loves to go out and get his sandwiches with his hat on and like yeah, he he fought. Yeah, and that was a very his brother didn't do that. He's been very well. His brother did. His, let's be clear. His uh, brother did multiple tur- tours, but he was just oh, not okay. abroad. He just was doing oh, his okay. helicopter piloting stuff and does okay. AR. And he does rescues over in, in the national waters. Yeah, no, Harry definitely is more. Uh, not that they're clearly both biologically Diana's but Harry has always followed the suit of Diana in terms of being like the people's because Diana was at bet like and that was also interesting too when they were going to they were talking about how old Diana's family is in terms of um uh names because they're all earls in her family like she her she's the daughter I think of the eighth earl of Spencer and they were talking about how her family is just as ancient as the royal family and even maybe more grand. But then at the same time, she was like a nursery school teacher that lived in a very, very, um, you know, upper class area of London with her friends in that flat before she got engaged to Charles. But it was very confusing to me because Diana also entered into this family with naivety. But I was like, but if you've also had this history with your family. Yeah, it's not like you're just from a family down the road. That Yeah, that was weird. So I don't know where Diana got this intense self of um, of self-actualization and having her feet on the ground and having her head on her shoulders. Like, it's bizarre that Diana was even able to have that going for her just, from what her from what yeah. I understand now of her family history. Her background. Yeah. No, I mean, but yeah, maybe I will watch it. It's just what I find the most interesting since, just because I know we're running out of time, is oh, because there's a lot. Yeah, keep going. But yeah, let me. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the parts where you would act, you're on board with Megan. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I think we should get to the Prince Andrew stuff. Yeah. And, well, so yeah. what happens during the interview yeah. is that Megan is telling Oprah that. Uh, she because the entire her entire life was now run by the institution and the family and she felt incredibly suffocated and they told her like 
you're not allowed to leave. Like you're, there's too much going on in the press with you. And she's like, but I haven't left the house in a month. Like, how are there stories about me? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I need to just be able to like live somewhat of a life that I remember. And they're like, no, not happening. Like you're still here. Like, and, and then Harry had to like do his Royal engagement stuff as well. And, uh, she then goes to the institution and she's like, I am suicidal. Like I am at the point where I can't be left alone and I want to get help and I want to be booked into, she asks to go to an institution and be booked and stay for a significant amount of time to get her mental health back together. And they tell her no. And this was when she's pregnant with Archie. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, no, it's not happening. We're not going to allow that story to like be out there and you get that. Like, we're not going to allow you to get institutionalized help and uh and she goes to hair and then she guess goes within the institution there's hr and she was like i went to the senior leader and i said like let me do this and hr was like we can't do anything for you like if that's what they said and that's what's going on and then there's a night where she goes to the opera and she's wearing like that blue sequence dress and she's probably about six months pregnant and everyone's like oh my god look how beautiful you are and she's like all i'm thinking the entire time is that I made Harry, like, I went with Harry that night because I told him I was too afraid to be alone because I wanted to kill myself. And I was just like, okay, like, all right, if we're, this is the place that we're getting to. And and she was like, I had never felt this way before and I wanted to seek help. And they just said no. And then he went to the family and was like, this is what's going on. I need you to allow us to, like, take some time back. And they were like, yeah, that sounds good. This is what's like, these are, you know, these are the okay thing. This is what you're going to get. This is what you're not going to get. You have to pay back on Frogmore Cottage. Mom, like grandma's not going to give you any more money, but daddy still can. And, and they're like, okay, cool. We'll go to Canada and we'll be able to do like Invictus stuff and we'll do our own thing and figure this out. And then it became a pull out of your security while you're in Canada. So then, and then lockdowns is about to happen. And so he's getting, he's been told now uh, that he no longer has security. They have this baby. The press has now published exactly where they're located in Vancouver. And they have no way of protecting themselves at all whatsoever anymore. And there's no protection in this house. So then Tyler Perry stepped in and was like, I have protection in this Montecito home. And you guys can go live there. And they were like, fantastic. Wow. And then all the conversations about race and all that and what, how dark is your child going to be? And your child, your child isn't going to have a title. And we're not telling you why your child isn't going to have a title. But part of me thinks it has a lot to do with the fact that Harry's not in line for the throne and neither is this child. And publicly, the monarchy is not on that like does not have the power that it used to hold by social by the public standards anyway and their power is going to increase even more as the royals continue to try and make themselves more normalized so i don't know if it was really like i don't think like the the um security issue was necessarily like racially driven i think it was more like society doesn't want us to be spending all this money and you're not actively participating. So we're going to start like, you know, removing a lot of these resources because we don't want to have to pay for them. And, but that's still completely unacceptable because these are still people of international target. Yeah. This isn't yeah. a common folk anymore. This is someone that, especially once you all know, they live in, Vancouver, yeah, know, once they moved to the Tyler Perry estate. I mean, but didn't they say that some of the other grandkids that are not in line have titles? That's why they were like, why is it now Archie? And that's where I'm thinking it's like, of because this is now the generation when Beatrice and Eugenie were still born, that was the 80s. That was still like we we believe in a monarchy. We have all these royalists that are still out there, but all the royalists are now dead. Like, so our generation is like, why are we, why would you pay the taxes to support this family when these are all the fucking insane things that they're doing? 
Yeah. Well, especially then when you're seeing that they're protecting a yeah. pedophile, sexual assailant. I mean, that to me was the bigger thing is like, I did, I know she didn't say it, but it sounded like Megan was insinuating that other people are being protected. Yes. And, and uh, when she was talking about it, it, it very much sounded more of like the, if we're going to pin Kate and I against each other, like Kate's very much protected by the family and the press. And I'm like, I'm wondering if that's because Kate's going to be the future queen. Right. But it, Megan had a very strong point of being like, they usually squash stories that are of lesser value when they're continuing to allow the narration of me and Kate fighting when Kate actually made Megan cry over flower dresses. But then I'm like, but do you hear also the things that you're arguing about? Like, yes, the stuff with your son and the race stuff. Yes. But yeah, like, that's valid. But also, Megan, like, you cried over, fla- like, what was the conversation that fucking made you cry over flower dresses, your flower girl dresses? And then she's like, oh, and then Kate sent me flowers and she apologized. But I'm also like, okay, well, you also sound pretty fucking petty until we get to like, okay, this is a safety issue. This is a mental if- health issue. And like that definitely yeah, I mean, addressed. I'm not, a fan of, I'm not a fan of hers, but do I think she deserves to have suicidal thoughts and be treated like shit? No, I think there's a lot about her that's fake. I think the fact that her whole family is her like actual family. There's a lot of drama there. The fact that she was an actress before and like was you know fame hungry there's a lot there that doesn't make her the best source of information which is why i feel like i probably won't watch it but what i'm finding more interesting has been the backlash is a obviously more people being like what the hell's going on with andrew and why are we not focusing on that because that's a bigger scandal within the royal family yeah And then B, what we were talking about before, which is how this has now affected the rest of the world and their opinions, including Pierce Morgan, who, so there, I saw a while ago, even before this week, an interview that he did with someone. It's like basically them asking him why he didn't, why he has such a hatred towards Megan. And he talks about how they went out for drinks. They had a grand old time. She at one point has to go because she's going to a party and he like gets her into the cab and that party she goes to is the one she meets in Harry. Yeah. And he, he said that after that night, she, he never heard from her again. So basically he got ghosted. And he's being a little bitch about it. And he's being a little bitch. And all these years we're listening to him on these big shows talking shit about her. And I'm like, this guy's butthurt because a girl ghosted him because she got the fucking prince. Not to mention she wasn't romantically trying to come for you when you're already a married dude who's super gross anyway. And toxic and disgusting. And like, yeah, so so that already like made me, I mean, I've already hated him ever since the day I saw him. Yeah. And he started showing up on America's Got Talent. And we're like, who, okay. What's one thing for Simon Cowell to come over here and be like a music producer and do American Idol. It's one for thing for you, this like op-ed guy from fucking Britain coming over to give op-eds on our people. Like get the fuck well, out of he here. Was, and he was also on Celebrity Apprentice, RIP, when I actually was a fan of Trump because that show is great. But then he's a and Trump on, 2.0. I mean, he'll suck that he, dick as hard as he can. Yeah. And he definitely like is or was at least Trump's little bitch. And like he, he still Trump- would be. He owes Trump a lot, at least in terms of exposure in the U- in the U.S. So, yeah. to me, he's like a mini Trump. He clearly hates women. I love that this whole week they've been showing all these videos of him. I don't know if you saw the one where he has where Chelsea. Handler's yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I love yeah. that when she did that when that first happened against him. Yeah, it was like this is amazing. Thank you because he's so bad at his job. Yeah, he's terrible at his job. But basically, for those that don't know, he was on. He's on. He's he's been on many different shows, but he most recently was on a show on ITV with a panel of other quote unquote journalists. I don't even know if you'd call him a journalist. No. But basically, as a result of this interview, they were like, "So, are you going to like 
lay off now. And he, like, wouldn't admit. He basically said everything she said was fake. He doesn't believe anything she had to say. And one of the other um, panelists was like, I'm so tired of hearing you. Like, you need to apologize. And he was like, that's it. I'm not doing yeah. this. And he, like, walks off stage. Yeah, and it he was could incredible. not be a bigger queen about just yeah. in the most negative sense. Ugh. And it's like, even if you don't like her, which, again, I'm not a huge fan of hers, you have to admit that, like, there has to be some truth and some struggle this woman has gone through. And yeah. For you to not Everything was that. very fluffy until you get to those moments in the conversation. Because you are like, what is this woman's real? Like, really? Like, you need to, you know, find something else to be bothered by. And then you're like, oh, you do find. Okay, that's justifiable to be bothered by all this. Yeah, no. I'm like, okay, as much as I'm still not a huge fan of you, like, I'm understanding why you're having feelings yeah. you're having. and harry also steps in and he starts talking about how this every time he hears the shutter of a camera he flash he has such ptsd with the death of his mom and he flashes I immediately it. back to the images of her under the bridge with the car accident or in the tunnel with the accident and he just felt that if they if the family continued to treat them the way that they were that he was going to be burying his wife. And that yeah. was like, oh, oh, like you your heart just breaks. Yikes. Yeah. So then you're like, yeah, you're right, because the family did not protect your mom. And the family is clearly starting a pattern of not protecting your wife when you're asking for help. And they're like, they're almost acting as if, like, why is this girl showing up and pretending like she has a voice at all in this family when she's, you know, 14th in line. She's not, right. but like, I think they're actually higher up on that. Like, I think their kid is like eighth in line or something now, but, but I mean, it's clearly yeah. never happening. So yeah. So it's just like, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else about the Royals? Oh, they're also no. worth 30, $33 billion. So I think that's why they will never be able to get Andrew. Like, it, it, there, there's just too much money. They're never going to be able to arrest Andrew. I can't imagine. I want to believe that there will be a way to arrest Andrew. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Maybe if, like, Jessalyn Maxwell, that's not how I say her name, but that's always how I'm going to say her name. <laughs> that's all I mean. Maybe if she ha- gets, you know, really shows some evidence against him. But I still don't think it's going to ever happen. I think they would probably kill her Jessaline first. Yeah. What about all these other women that are coming out who are on those islands? That's not enough? No. I don't. I mean, we're talking $33 billion part I of know, the royal family want... of England. They're related to the queen, you know, Queen Elizabeth. The, wait, wait, no, queen, uh, Victorian queen. Queen Victoria. I like, I want to just believe in justice for once. Yeah, I mean, you can believe in justice in other ways, but there are people that are untouchable. Well, speaking of, should we move on to the fact that Army Hammer's family is finally being exposed? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you read up on that? So uh, Vanity Fair finally published an article. So nothing in it in terms of the the, um, Army story that we didn't really know. It does a really good job of summing everything up in a better you know because obviously as we were learning it it was piecemeal but it basically talks about how his whole family is just toxic as can be like generationally Um, fucked up generationally because basically his great-grandfather julius hammer like came from russia um gave a woman an abortion and she died days later. He had first degree manslaughter. Was he a physician? But... No. Oh, okay. And what year? Do you have a year, a year time frame on this? 1919. Okay. First degree manslaughter and sentenced to three and a half years um, in Sing Sing. So while he's in prison, his 22-year-old son, Armand Tander, who, okay. Hammer, who, whose army's name sank, namesake, sorry, um, was pers- oh wait sorry that grandpa that guy was a doctor okay. and so he that his son was pursuing yeah because then I'm trying to understand then- where this would have been like 
post World War. I'm trying to understand how they got over here. Yeah, World War One, Russia. It's in the 20s. Yeah, in the 20s because then his son, um, who was gonna follow like a medical career, decides to take over their um medical business. Like the it's called Allied Drug. Mm -hmm. Um and. He basically like does a lot of shady shit with the business um, and he has ties with the Soviets. Yeah. He has ties with like all the te- like he also was using his business to launder money. He was using artwork to, to fund so- Soviet espionage. Okay. Um, bribing people um, using fake Fabry J eggs um basically was like a terrible human who hw bush later pardoned um so yeah and then they they talk a lot about mistresses and people who were like you know there was clearly with all this money there's um wills and then people not being in the will even though they're supposed to be yeah they talked to Casey Hammer, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, which is Army's aunt, who has like a hundred dollars in her bank account. Um, meanwhile, like you know, her family has billions, so it just it really kind of sets up that Army was surrounded by toxic men, con men, narcissists, con men, narcissists, didn't give a shit about women. Um, you know that the article is really interesting it literally what i was telling casey is the irony is this family is such a good plot line for a movie and yet hopefully army does not play you know doesn't have a role in the movie but like this is some like um succession i mean there's a there's a poll quote with casey hammer saying I had to stop watching Succession because it felt too real. Oh, please. Yeah, Idaho. Yeah. And we all know how much we love Succession. Yeah. So anyway, so hopefully, you know, and then obviously it goes into more details about what has happened since last summer with the divorce um, that Army had and all the women and the drug use. So I think this is the first actual article of what will probably be many. Hopefully that really puts the nail in the coffin. But apparently there are two projects that are still like he must have already done that are like supposed to go out. And so we'll see if they do. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, get, get, you got to lower your expectations because I would not be surprised if he, he survives this. I don't think we've been able to like, quote unquote, uh cancel him because i think cancel culture is now like on its like it's fucking itself over because people are like anti-canceling cancel culture so if he hasn't committed a crime then there are going to be people that cast him and work with him and he might not be getting the projects that he wants and stuff but like you know don't be surprised if somebody shows up in like a holiday Hallmark commercial. I mean, not commercial, <laughs> but like a film, you know? Like, there's enough fucking pedo directors and producers. And not that I want to believe Army wasn't accused of pedophilia, but just all the other mistreatments. So, yeah. I want to believe he did something dumb enough that he will get caught on that. And then I just don't see it because we kept waiting for this like final nail in the coffin with these quote unquote additional stories that we're going to continue to come out and they never came out so well maybe the ex-wife who's now she wasn't she what wouldn't respond to any of the articles to the she's um, not going to know. she's not going to do that to the kids no but but what's interesting is sort you know again you don't know what when they say sources of yeah but in the article it says sources of elizabeth chambers says that she compares her life to the zach efron version of um ted bundy 
Oh. But then so you have was, Elizabeth. She was married to such a charming man. Yeah, but we also don't know what this chick's motivations are either. She was also an actress. She was also one of these LA people. I, I think she, she also was defending him at one point. I think point, she also knew what she was fucking getting into on a handful of levels. And then once it became, yeah, once it became public, she was like, oh, for my own sake, I need to pretend that I don't know what's going on and I don't approve of this and blah, blah, blah. But like, we don't know what this trick is up to either. So that's true. All right. Well, then let's get to something that I'm happy about. Breakup of the week because we only have about 10 minutes left. <laughs> um, it's here, baby. We predicted it on January 31st. Roll footage. <laughs> As Lisa Barlow would say uh, this week or I mean, two days ago, JLo and A-Rod at TMZ reported have uh, broken up. Yeah. Since that reporting, J-Lo has posted on a Instagram uh, video to, it's literally like a collage of all these video pictures of her, and I guess some of them have him, yeah. but it's to the Sweetie song, Pretty Bitch Freestyle. No idea. Which makes it which basically makes it seem like she's confirming it's true. Okay. But then Jayla or sorry, A Rod was out on the street, I think yesterday. Yeah. And he's saying he and Jayla are still hanging on. Yeah. Like, he says, I'm we're fighting for the relationship and I'm not single. That's what you want. But at every other article is like, yeah, they come to mention uh, like broken up over his relationship with Madison LaCroix who signed an NDA in regards to their conversation. So if you had to sign an NDA, what the fuck are you hiding? And I think that's where we get JLo. And then did you see this thing about... And there were also... I mean, we also talked about Madison not being the only blonde he was uh, following. Yeah, even just from the Bravo to. realm. I mean, obviously, A-Rod's an asshole. And, like, if they were just pretend that they were in an open relationship this whole time, then they wouldn't have this PR issue. <laughs> Yeah, not to mention, I know we've said this before, the man cheated in baseball, the man has cheated in business, the man cheated on his wife. Like, he is just not to be trusted. So there's my justice of the week. I might not get it with Army Hammer, or I might not get it with Andrew, Prince Andrew, but at least I'm getting it with A-Rod. Yeah, and then did you see that she, there was like a posting of a video that, Mark Anthony is with Emmy, their daughter, and she's like crying. But like, people were like, "Was she crying over the breakup?" Or like, it? I didn't end up watching the video. Oh, I didn't see that. I mean, I'm sure they had. They have been together for a while. Yeah, but I don't. They do have their kids hanging out a lot, so I'm sure it is going to be hard on the family. Despite, but I don't even think she was crying. Like, I'm. I don't understand why they posted the video because I don't think it was about the breakup. People assumed it was the daughter crying about the breakup, and that's why they posted it posted it which is doesn't make any sense for their like pr machine of like trying to control this story and is very on like jlo and mark anthony to post a video of their child crying and like them trying yeah. to console her so it wasn't about the breakup but when the headline hit that like mark anthony posted a video of emmy crying people were assuming it was about the breakup and this was a confirmation and like she's upset too but it yeah. wasn't I and i was mark like why anthony, would you even post a video of your teenage girl crying I think mark, mark anthony is just a typical do- guy that da- dad that didn't even like put two and two together posted a video of probably his daughter like happy crying over something and like i mean i didn't see it so i can't speak to it but that just sounds like it's a stupid like typical dad making a mistake yeah yeah that's yeah <laughs> that's that seemed like more like the vibe like i was like well this is so if I was her, I'd be so angry that just, like, a video of me crying is online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why adults shouldn't have social media, but... Yeah. I'll get, I'll get into my fascist ways on another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, we're just hoping that they are actually broken up and, and like, we're not even, like, huge J-Lo fans, like, rooting no, for j either. No, we're not, but, like... Ugh. We hate A-Rod so much that even J-Lo doesn't And just A-Rod. a couple in general, they were just, like, so annoying because it was, like, you know, we're a, we're becoming a thing that is now, like, a resellable package. 
Yeah, and also don't add your own lyrics to the national anthem when you're performing <laughs> at, at the um, presidential inauguration. inauguration. You're so angry about that. <laughs> I'll be saying that for the next four years. Anyway, um, should we move on to what we're watching? Yeah. What you What do you got? Uh, besides all my like royal stuff that I really did a um, a quick study on, um, I watched Moxie literally four hours after you and I had a conversation about how we can't watch like teenage um, high school movies because it's for me it's too painful to go back and remember like what it was to be optimistic as a teenager <laughs> knowing like. Like, okay, well, if I don't, if I'm not in a relationship with, like, the boy that I am absolutely in love with or I'm being absolutely tortured by another boy and in some really backwards, emotionally unavailable situation, like, normal, uh, like, something will be better in the future. When I go to college, I'll find a boyfriend. After college, (laughs) boys will start to like me. (laughs) All of those things that are now basically out the window. (laughs) And now it's like, oh, my nurse will fall in love with me in the nursing home. (laughs) I mean, at this point, yeah, it's like, oh, well, the masseuse and I got along really well. <laughs> I mean, I mean, my doorman and I are best friends. Yeah, that's, so. I mean, those are, those are the men in our lives right now. And so I, but then I watched the trailer for it and I was like, okay, this looks really cute. Let me watch it. And like the lead girl I've never seen before was really, really fun. And I should have trusted it the whole time because it's directed by Amy Poehler. Right. Um, and the cutie little boy from... Uh, book smart who plays like one of the background friends that's like at the party he's one of the skateboarder dudes not the one with the long hair um i don't remember his character's name but he is the love interest and he is so dang cute i had to make sure that i wasn't gonna get arrested while watching this movie and he's 24 (laughs) and i i googled his name i I think it's nico harada um and i'm now i'm following him on instagram uh and the movie is just like I'm so upset that we're now in this generation versus that generation because of yeah. just everything we like Patrick Schwarzenegger is the bad guy and just I didn't thankfully go to school with like a lot of Patrick Schwarzenegger's but there was a handful of Patrick Schwarzenegger's per grade and the movie gets very fucking real at some points that are like whoa you like the fact that you're even doing this in a ya young adult film is incredibly important because like if this was conversations that was introduced to us at a younger age like there could have been very significant behavioral changes that occur and it was just it was very very refreshing it was very fun it does go down a bunch of different roads that i think they do well and in the time frame i honestly was like whoa how are they able to really make that work and and maybe i'm really off because i was like stoned out of my fucking mind <laughs> um but i was in it every goddamn minute the only moment they lost me is when like the boyfriend kind of motivates her to you know continue on her like rebellious path and it's like okay well if we're really gonna stick to the like hardcore opposite themes of not having these traditional like the boy helps you along your way kind of thing right you should have your own voice yeah you should be able to do it yourself but you also have amy poehler's character coming in and saying the same thing as her mom and they have a very close relationship so i was like okay i'm also like you also need to allow these teenage boys to be human beings as well and if that's who is in her support system and that's clearly who's going to be having those conversations with her so i was like okay take a step back casey because that like is who would be checking her you know right and so but i would but other than that like you know winner winner chicken dinner 10 out of 10 highly recommend i was i was into it from the beginning to the end and i think i made a few things rhyme and i'm I am so into this whole cast. There was we got nine binary. We have trans. We have all. It's it's that thing where you're like, just be the best, and you will get the opportunities. Right. You know, and it's, and it's like such great. Allison Jones, best casting director director to ever work in the business. She just made this movie. I mean, I can't say enough about Allison Jones and Amy Poehler and this whole cast. And just to have a movie that makes you feel good, I feel like all the movies right now are really depressing and dark. Yeah. This does go to places that you were like, oh my, okay, wow. Like I was, yeah, it really, 
It really, but but you'll feel just you'll feel that justification. You'll feel that yeah, they you know that fucking happened like fucking hell yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think right. I think you'll be very especially after this whole like hour conversation. You want people to be, you know, getting their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's I had it already saved on my um, Netflix to watch. So um, now I'll just move it higher on the list. Yeah recommend and what are you watching um the one thing that i was really excited about i may have mentioned that it was coming and now it started is the new on paramount plus formerly known as cbs all access they brought um new york uh real world homecoming so it's basically the first season of real world the the I don't want to say contestant I guess <laughs> the housemate the housemate from New York which was I can't believe thirty years ago oh, I want to oh god I want to kill myself right now I mean and obviously we didn't watch it thirty years ago because we would have been five but I definitely watched it at some point when they used to do the marathon yeah um and so it's all of them back in the exact same house ah! it's obviously re um, designed and it's you know, it looks like it's from the 2000s versus from 1990. Yeah, it's up to code. Or, yeah. It's up to code. <laughs> it's, it's up to code, but it's in the exact same apartment. Um, and it's a few episodes. They'll, it, I think they're slowly, um, you know, I think they're slowly. Giving us little nibbles. Nibbles, because it was only the first episode that was available. Um, but it was, I mean, it was amazing to see all these people because these were people that like, I mean, this is the first reality show of all time. And a lot of the intro is about that is like when they joined, none of them knew what they were joining. They thought it was a documentary because all of them also were all artists. So like you had singing artists. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had, um people who were trying to use, they were all creatives I should say so you had like artists you had Heather B who still is but like she was a rapper at the time now she's a host um, you had people who are trying to act a lot of performers so it was interesting to like go back there and then see all of them who some of them haven't seen each other since they basically did like promotion for the show 30 years ago they're in a group text but to see each other like in person was really cute. And I don't know if you remember this, but like there's one car- one guy on the show, Kevin, who was like, and they talk about it, the quintessential like angry black man. Yeah. But the stuff he was talking about is all the stuff where, because they filmed this during quarantine in the summer. So that when they were filming this, it was all relative to, like, the George Floyd killing. Yeah, because he got kicked Carter. off the show, right, Kevin? I don't think he got kicked off. I think you're getting confused with the different season. Okay, then I, I am. Think- yep. Yeah. He's- Kevin's not uh, a stand-up comedian? No, okay. he was a writer, actually. He wrote for, like, Rolling Stone. And then this... Oh, okay. He was... Because they talk about, like, what I've been doing since being on the show. And, like, he did a lot of, like articles about reality tv about culture about like media and the impact and like things that we're kind of talking about now um so it's just it's interesting a to just have them all together and like reconnect but then that other piece of like the impact of the show and you know obviously there was no social media so people weren't joining to become famous there was no clout to to gain after being on it some of them had really bad downfall some of them you know just went back to their normal lives and so to see them all interact is really interesting and i think there's like five episodes so it's not like a huge commitment nice um and then obviously tonight i don't know if you are but i will be watching the grammys i mean i'll probably just youtube all the performances so i don't have to watch three hours of bullshit true although while we while we've been recording um i got an alert that um, Blue Ivy has gotten her first Grammy, so she's like nine. Okay, now nah, I'm she's, definitely not watching. She's nine years. Well, she won't be on the show, but she's nine years older and already more, um, you know, successful than us. You know, good, cool, cool, good. feeling good. So feeling good. that's cool. 
<laughs> I feel like most. I feel like some of your shit might have gotten cut off, unfortunately. But we'll see. We'll see what airs. All right. Well, on that note, should I even try playing the music, yeah. or we think it's gonna get cut off? Okay, hold on. My um, computer also like shut down as I was. I know. I'm gonna try to do that. Do that. I was like, oh no, you got wrap it up one minute, and then we'll see. We'll see. You know, they can't all be winners. Um, um, but, but yeah, I guess but, we'll we'll see you next week. Yeah, Grammy recap.